got two very special guests in studio right now. One does a really tremendous podcast. She's been on once before. It's a great podcast. The other is her producer, Rachel Yucatel and Kelly Brink, who were both with me on the aforementioned Bo Deedle Bo's Table at Rayo's last night. And here you are this morning. You both look great. I overslept. <laughs> I get up at 3.30 in the morning to get up at 4.48. Oh, wow. And I'm in Queens. And my heart is racing. I'm like, oh, no. But I got here in plenty of time to do the show. First of all, good morning. How are you? Look good great. Good morning. It's an nice honor and a you. pleasure. Thank you for having me back. Oh, you're always welcome. So that experience last night, you've been to Rails before, Kelly hasn't. Mm. But Bo at his absolute best. I know David Yantep was there, too. Yep. What's the name of the show again? Behind the Velvet Rope. Behind the Velvet Rope. He's a great guy. I love him. Sweet guy. Mm-hmm. How was that experience last well, night? Well, it was unbelievable. I mean, it was very interesting to see how many people would walk in to pay their respects to Bo Deedle. Yeah. Um, so that was kind they of had an to kiss honor. the ring. Yes, and kind of an honor to watch that happen, right? But the food is unbelievable. It's such, you know, an iconic New York eatery, you yeah. know. So it was unbelievable. It was great company, obviously, so we had a great time. And he had great stories about the place yeah. and some of the folks that have been there, how it started, how it's remained popular 80 years later. Yeah. And you're right. Everybody who walks in knows Bo Deedle. He's the man. Yeah. So, you know, what's interesting. I had interviewed him an hour before for my podcast, and we had a whole long conversation, and we ended it by saying, all right, we got to go to Rails. And I asked him, who, because everyone has been to his table. I said, who is on your bucket list for who you still want to get who hasn't come yet? He thought for a minute and he said, I'd like to have Putin because I'd like to have a man-to-man talk with him and just, you know, have some work. Interesting. I thought that was a great answer. That is a great answer, yeah. Because yeah. he really has had everybody. He has had everybody. Yeah. And especially uh, in Hollywood. You know, the actors are on strike now, but that whole Marty Scorsese thing and DiCaprio yeah. and all those guys. I like that Putin answer. That's, uh, that's very, very good. Yeah. So the uh, serial killer, mm. they arrested him this morning. He's in custody, Rex Hurman. And I asked you kind of jokingly, but seriously, had you ever interviewed a serial killer before? Mm -hmm. Because me, I'm obsessed with them. Jeffrey Dahmer and and Ted Bundy and the clown in Chicago. He was really scary. John Wayne Gacy. Mm -hmm. You've never done it, but you'd love to do something like that. I would love to. I think it's fascinating. I recently just had on Chris Hansen. He's a serial killer, isn't he? No, but he was (laughs) was talking about how his best interview was with the happy face killer. The happy face killer, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Um, how he, he was most scared doing an interview with him. Yeah. And I've, I would find it fascinating. I've been saying to Kelly for a while, we want I want to try and get an interview like in a jail with someone because I want to get in their head. Sure, you know? sure. So I find it fascinating. Well, when I was growing up, I was a little boy, and I had two older sisters, very attractive uh, sisters. And we lived in Brooklyn, and they were in their teens, late teens. They go out all the time, you know. And it was 1977, which was a crazy summer here in New York. Yankees beat the Dodgers in the World Series. We had a blackout, which was nuts. And we had a guy named David Berkowitz, a.k.a. Son of Sam. And he was walking around Brooklyn and Queens just shooting up people in cars, innocent young girls and guys, making out like you guys have done a million times in a car with a guy, you know. <laughs> and um, and it was so terrifying to me that there was somebody out there with a gun just randomly killing people, especially young girls like you guys. Years and years uh, before in your lives. Yeah. So uh, to me, that's that's what I can't seem to figure out is what what drives – I know they're crazy, but what drives a person to wake up in the morning and figure out who am I going to kill next? Yeah. I mean, it seems like it becomes an addiction. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, an obsession. You know, I was kind of 
really into learning about Ted Bundy because he was so good looking and yeah. he was the guy next door. That almost makes it okay, right? It, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would really like to get into his head, I'll be yeah. honest, but, you know, obviously yeah. he's dead. He's so, dead, yeah. Yeah, but he was fascinating. He was. He uh, killed all those girls up in uh, in Florida at the university yes. and, and uh, that thing. Yeah. He was a lawyer. He tried to defend himself. Yeah. That was and a I complete think he, disaster. He escaped from jail once Yeah, he did. Or something. He did. Yes, he, he was did. just unbelievable. He was. So one of the discussions you told me you had with Bo was about a local city council member, who I think is in Vanity Fair this month. This guy is a wretched piece of garbage, okay? He may have not raped that girl in Central Park. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he did. He probably didn't because he was too young. He couldn't get it up. He was too afraid. I don't know. But this guy was not in the park handing out flowers to old people that day. Mm -hmm. He was there to cause trouble. He was, as we call back then, wilding. He's by no means an innocent, nice kid. I know Ava DuVernay made that movie, but she does everything to protect black people. She'll, 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 She'll write something nice about O.J. Simpson because he's black. I don't trust Ava DuVernay for a second. And this guy goes on now and he wins a city council seat in Harlem. Mm-hmm. You seem fascinated by this guy. This guy's garbage. Well, it's such an interesting perspective because you, both you and Bo have the same perspective. Two very brilliant people. Yeah, well, obviously. <laughs> um, and I, I, find that, I find that so interesting because as a person who's looking at a show about people misunderstood, I've been watching the news and the media has been kind That's of... That's your first mistake. Yeah, well, the media has been backing him as this person who was so misunderstood, he was convicted and, you know, uh, sentenced and, and spent seven years, I believe, in, in prison for something that they say he didn't do. Right. And it's an interesting perspective that even though he didn't rape the girl, he still was causing trouble in the park. Yes. And I think a lot of people yeah. may not know that, may have forgotten that. So I find that an interesting Well, they just don't care. So now he's one of the exonerated five. Mm, who got, the... you know, millions of dollars, right? Oh, millions of dollars. Yeah. Millions. And my friend Ebony K. Williams who used to work at the station, did a show with Curtis Lewa for, for a little while. And I used to go on Ebony's show all the time on Fox News, her Eric Bowling and Kat Timpf. And we became very, very friendly, very friendly. And uh, she did Real Housewives of New York a couple of years ago. Yeah. She starts the show wearing a sweatshirt with the names of all five of these lowlifes, including Youssef Salam. And that's when I started to say to myself, Ebony, what has happened to you? Mm-hmm. No surprise, of course, because the Real Housewives, for the most part, are wretched anyway. But uh, that's how she started that season. Yeah, well, that's interesting. I mean, I do believe that everyone deserves a second chance, but I think there's a lot of things that we don't know. Everybody? Everybody? Well, maybe not everybody. Pedophiles, murderers? No, no, not people like that. But but people that have made mistakes. But obviously this was, you know, a very interesting scenario. So I found him to be someone I would want to interview because I want to hear his story. But I was so interested to hear your perspective. So how are you going to make that happen? Will you interview Yusef Salam? Will I? No. I mean, I, I'm not going to turn down someone like that who might have an interesting story. Can you get that done, Kelly? Kelly Brink is uh, here, too, her producer. Can you get that done? The mic's not on. But but will you start off by saying, you know, it's, uh, I'm glad you're here today because I've had conversations with two big-time New Yorkers, specifically Bo, Bo and Sid Rosenberg, and here's what they had to say about yeah, you. Yeah, I'll say, well, people still have some questions because yeah. I don't know that you're answering those questions in particular about right. what you were doing that night or who you were back then. And why you deserve a second chance in New York City. I want to know those questions. Now, talking about second chances, Mm -hmm. I know this is uh, boring already for you. I'm sure it is. But to be honest, he kind of put your name on the map, and that's Tiger. So Liv and PGA, they've got this deal now together. you got 9-11 families that are very upset. Uh, You are uh, in love, basically, with Rudy Giuliani. (laughs) People that don't know, on a serious note, Rachel's fiancé died. Back on 9-11. Mm. So you spent the last 20 years chasing down Rudy Giuliani. Literally. 
and you got him on your podcast. Maybe not to stretch, just play along, okay? So you got him <laughs> on the podcast about three weeks ago, yeah. and that was a big deal for you. It was. So as a 9-11 family member, you lost your fiancé. Mm-hmm. Are you upset that Tiger, your guy at one point, and PGA kind of got into bed with Liv, a Saudi Arabian-backed I find it couple. very interesting and suspicious, kind of, you know, that all this ended up where it is, right? Because so many... So many players took a stand and being on one side or the other, and now they're all enmeshed together. Right. So it's a lot of people lost a lot of money because they turned down things by taking a stand and wanting to look good in a certain way. And sure. now it doesn't matter because they are where they're they are. They're all together. Yeah, they're all together. So, um, you know, who knows what goes on behind closed doors? Who's, who knows what those, you know, negotiations were and why, you know, it happened the way it happened. But um, I think people will be watching. You know, I think it's going to uh, draw a lot of crowds. Oh, of course. And, and so yeah. it's it's. They're all going to make money. Yeah. That's all it's about is making money. They're going to make money. Trump knew what he, he predicted this last year, President yeah, Trump. But, but, you know, in, in re- respect with the people from 9-11 who have family members, I mean, am I personally upset? No. It's, it's been, you know, decades. Yeah. And it's a, de- yeah. it's a decision that isn't, no one is thinking in those meetings about are we, you know, not respecting the family members of 9-11. I would hope that these people, like – Myself and people I know would not take it too personally. Well, they I, have. They've I been, know they, that they the have. Congress are wearing hats. You know, they're I getting know. crazy. I think that that's not really appropriate. Well, how do you how do you approach that day? I, I have a friend. His name is used to be a friend, Adam Schefter. Mm-hmm. He is one of the most popular information people in the country. He's Mister Football for ESPN. Makes millions of dollars. He's a huge star. Huge. Okay. He ended up marrying a woman who lost her husband on nine eleven. Okay. And she had a, a daughter, so he became the father. Now they've had their own child since, but the first time I spoke to him on 9-11, I didn't know this, I brought it up, and he chewed my ear off. He's like, listen, Sid, we're survi- we don't talk about that day, okay? Mm-hmm. We don't watch TV. We don't want to see the planes hit the building. We just don't do it. That's true. So he started yelling at me. I go, Adam, well, it's not really true. There are some people I speak to that lost people that day and want us to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Don't forget. If you, if you stop talking about it, you tend to forget. But no, it sounds to me like you agree with Adam Schefter. No, I agree with it's hard to, you know, for us to watch those videos that everyone else obsesses over on the anniversary. Which is That's re- really hard. Yes. You know, and um, I, I don't mind talking about it. I think it's important to talk about it. It's important to talk about the people um, that died that day and keep their memories alive and always remember. But it's something that is very painful. And when you listen to other people talk about it, speculate about it, talk yeah. about, you know, their stories that didn't affect you the way that you ha- are affaction. I think yeah. that's really hard. And that's that, fair. Might, be, that fair. might be what he means. Where was your fiance that day? He was at Sandler O'Neill. He was on the 104th floor mm. of the South Tower. So, right. One floor below Cannon Fitzgerald. No, no. He was on the uh, other building. Other building. So it was yeah. the second tower to get hit, but the first tower to fall. Mm. And I was on the phone with him that morning. I worked for Mike Bloomberg at the time. I, I was a producer at Bloomberg News. I went in work at 5 a.m. that day, and um, and I watched him die on our, on our did, news Did you speak to him? After, there were a lot of people that were able to call loved ones after the planes hit to basically say goodbye. Did you do that? or I didn't say goodbye. He was in the world. Uh, he was in the first bombing, you know, in 93. 93. Yeah. yeah. And um, they played poker until they were told they could leave the building. They were wow. not nervous. Right. So right. I know what he saw. Actually, I was covering it for news. I was on the newsroom floor. So we were on the phone, and he was reporting to me what he saw. And I was talking in the IFB wow. of, the, of the anchor mm. that morning, and he was watching people jump. And I remember him saying very clearly, quietly, 
I can't imagine how bad it is in that building to yeah. watch these people make the decision to jump. Yeah. And I said, are you going to leave? And he said, and I could hear on the speakers behind him, stay where, no, stay where you oh, are. stay where you are. They were saying, stay where yeah. you are. Oh, boy. And um, so he hung up because he said, I think we need to leave. And I still had the phone in my hand when the second You heard it. You actually hit. heard it. I didn't hear it. The phone went dead. But I saw it on oh, our screens. I was on Bloomberg on the trading, you know, on the floor there. Yes. So we had 1,100 TVs. Yeah. And um, we all thought it was fuselage, remember, that, sure, that explosion. Sure, the first plane. Yeah, so right. no one knew at that second that it was another plane. Um, but I saw on the TV screen how much lower it was than probably his floor. I still thought he was okay until the building fell. I'm sorry. Uh, for folks, boy, you really are great. For folks that want to listen to your uh, podcast, mm-hmm. uh, how do they do that? Where do they find it? you got great guests. You could hear how smart and uh, personal Rachel is. So where can people find your podcast? Uh, anywhere that you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, um, and we are misunderstood with Rachel Yucatel, M-I-S-S, understood. And I would really love for people to listen, comment, and I think you'll really enjoy it. I encourage people. In fact, I compel my listening audience to check out my friend Rachel Yucatel and Kelly Brink on Misunderstood. It's a great podcast. She's a very, very talented lady, very, very smart, and also has a big heart and uh, is beautiful, too. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.